0: Don't be overconfident, found the <laughs> HMS timesheet software, on-prem, back in 84, three, a couple years before I was born, pretty incredible. Now 20 people, remote locations around the world, headquarters in Montreal, he's in Tampa today. Again, HMS is the tool. They've got 250 customers paying anywhere between 600 and 700 bucks per month, doing about 2 million bucks in ARR today. 75% of that revenue is true kind of cloud SaaS. The rest is old on-prem, you know, maintenance licenses, SLA agreements, things like that. Uh, Growing organically now, added about 200 grand in ARR over the past 12 months. Uh, You know, scaling the nice way. Bought his, you know, investors put in 2 million bucks. He bought them out at about 60 cents on the dollar many years ago. Ago, and now is building a great profitable healthy company year over year in the time tracking space this is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest-growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Vandersloos. He's a veteran, North American Project Management Authority, public speaker, and author. He's the CEO of HMS Software, publisher of world-leading time control, web-based corporate timesheet software. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? Oh, absolutely. All right. So this is a hot space smart sheet recently exited doing to it. I think for it was 350 million bucks on 30 million bucks in ARR 10 X multiple. It's pretty good. Tell me about your company. How do you compare and how are you different?
1: Yeah, we don't really, uh, I don't really try to compare so much. We are a niche player in the timesheet market. Uh, we're doing about, uh, about 2 million, uh, and, uh, in uh, rev and we have got about uh, 20% uh, internal rate of return. We found a niche spot for ourselves. Wait, sorry, Uh, what does that mean?
0: What do do you mean a 20% IR?
1: In the timesheet market, there's people who go for uh, plays like attendance. Time and attendance, probably the most common kind of timesheet. Um, We had a project management background, so we've uh, decided to focus our product on uh, people who would need timesheets both for project management and for other needs like attendance or for billing. Um, And so uh, we become a multi-purpose, a multi-need timesheet. That's not the market for everybody. Uh, but it's been a really good spot for us and uh, one that we've been able to, uh, you know, become quite good, quite expert at.
0: Okay, so you're $2 bucks in ARR today. Where were you a year ago, October 2017? Yeah, about to 1.8 or so. Okay, 1.8. Okay, so 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 pretty flat growth. Why aren't you growing
1: faster? Uh, well, we took a run at uh, having some investors in the company. I uh, didn't really like that experience. I bought them back out of the business and decided for the next few years, to grow organically. So we've uh, flattened out the growth curve a little bit. It's uh, healthier for us, a little safer for us, uh, not being on the skinny edge of the branch. Um, But uh, we've also been able to provide better uh, quality to our our clients that way.
0: So how much did you raise and what year was that?
1: Um, We raised about uh, now 10 years ago, we raised uh, about 2 million uh, at a really bad time, had really bad timing for it, I guess, wasn't uh, ideal for the market. Um, and we ran through it pretty quick and, um, and then uh, decided to back out and back away. The investors were happy to move off and we were happy to get them out.
0: So what year did you launch the company in? I uh, launched the company in
1: 1984.
0: Holy mackerel. Okay, so that was before I was born. 1980, <laughs> ni- you launched in 1984. Yeah. When did you raise the $2 Oh, uh, We raised the $2 million in around two, uh, around 2000. Okay, right around two. Th- okay, tough time because then obviously you had the terrorist of yeah. an 01 economy. We've been
1: talking Go- about it, we have been talking about it for a couple of years. We were slow to get off the dime. Uh, when the money finally arrived, the timing was. I mean, looking back from thirty thousand feet, the timing just was bad.
0: Who who were these investors? Were they like friends and family or traditional VC? No,
1: they were corporate uh, investors who were still keen on small cap uh, high tech funds. Uh, fewer of those to be found these days.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean. And, and I'm I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but the VCs today, when they look at a company, if you were launched in 84, and so it takes you, you know, six years to 90, another 10, so 16 years to hit whatever yep. revenue you were doing in 01. Yep. I assume it was less than 2 million bucks in ARR. Like, yeah, not by much, but yeah, around, yeah. around the same. Yeah. Okay. Like they, they wouldn't see that as a fundable business because growth is just way too slow. I'm curious. What did you sell those investors on? Why'd they get involved?
1: Well, they saw a, uh, a market that in every other area was growing, right? Amazon was making losses in 2000, uh, but still growing users. Uh, other people were going through the top and, and going public, uh, even though they didn't have much in the way of profits, but they could generate growth. There were other high-tech project management and timesheet companies which were doing okay. They thought they could catch an easy ride uh, with rapid growth and, and move that way uh, whether the company was healthy or profitable by doing that or not. Um, you know, we all kind of woke up around 2000 and said, well, that may not be the ideal scenario, right? We had the tech crash around that time and, uh, and things changed. So, um, so we got started on heavy growth with a lot of money and, um, and then realized that the fundamentals of business couldn't be ignored. So how much, so back- how much,
0: how much did you sell them? How much of the company you sell them for 2 million?
1: uh, less than a half. So about 40 something percent. Okay. Again, that would be a hard deal to do today.
0: Yeah. When did you buy them back out? What year? Uh, it 2006. Okay. And I, I know a lot of, founder, a lot of founders are thinking about this now. Wistia just did this with their investors. Yeah. People are thinking about doing this more. So it's going to be a great episode. Um, well, how, even
1: those who go public have looked at going back to being private. Sure. Right? Sure.
0: Sure. How did you negotiate this though? So you go to investors and what do you say?
1: Well, we pull out the, uh, business plan and, uh, and we say, uh, things obviously didn't go the way we expected. And, um, we are now looking at a much more conservative, uh, organic plan. How keen are you to stay in that? And their answer was not very. And we said, great, well then let's cut a deal where everybody can walk away and, and, you know, and be happy.
0: Yeah. But so, be specific there, Chris, I mean, are you giving them the, all their money back out or they're taking a loss? I mean, well, you- we
1: had money comes usually in several different flavors, right? We had debentures, we had, um, we had, uh, equity stock. Uh, we had options, we had all kinds of stuff like that, so we were able to pay off things like the debentures uh, straight out They got their money, their in interest on that uh, the equity we uh, we bought out at a discount on the dollar so
0: okay, so all in all for two million put in how how many cents on the dollar did they get back out? would you say
1: no uh, I don't think I can I, I'd have to really calculate it i mean the like the last transaction was about twenty cents on the dollar, but if you added it all in together, they did better than that they maybe you know they maybe got out. At you know, fifty or sixty cents on the dollar.
0: Okay, but now they're totally off your cap table. Uh, off the
1: off the table, it's just me.
0: Okay, so they lost call it maybe over a couple of years. They lost call it seven hundred grand, something like that. Yep. yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, very good. Uh, so now if you're still on the cap table. What's the team look like today? How many folks?
1: Uh, yeah, we're running about twenty people internally, uh on on salary. And a, um, uh, and a number of people who are in and out from our dealer network or uh, other people that we partner with uh, for specific opportunities. So the team looks, uh, if you look at just the salary team, uh, it's under 20. And if you look, at, um, uh, you look at everybody who might have some involvement with time control in a given week, uh, the number could be 50 or 60. Okay, and where's everybody based? Uh, well, Montreal is the headquarters for the company. We have staff also in Toronto, Canada. And of course, I'm in Tampa, Florida today. Uh, which is where I live. I commute back and forth. Um, these days, co-location isn't quite what it used to be. Uh, our dealers are all over the planet. We have people in Australia and Asia in uh, Europe, uh, South Africa. Wait, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean your dealers? Well, we have, uh, we have representatives for the product, uh, for people who will resell it, help support it, help integrate it with uh, internal systems. Uh, and we established that early on in the, in the business. Uh, and so we have a, a network of dealers that is uh, you know, literally around the planet.
0: Interesting. Um, are they good at keeping, like are the customers they bring you, are they sticky? What's your turn today?
1: Yeah, our, uh, our, the stickiness is actually pretty good. Our average, uh, uh, client, uh, duration is close to 10 years. Um, which, uh, I mean, I know we're in the timesheet business, but still that's pretty good for people sticking around. Uh, once people decide on a, on a product like this and it goes, uh, very broad across the business, they're not so keen to change it. So um our uh, our dealers also bring us clients who have been with us for quite some time. We have clients who've been with us for 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, interesting. So, so what what uh, that's great understanding lifetime value, but what is your like revenue churn per year would you say?
1: Um uh, sorry, what my revenue churn per year? I'm not sure I understand the term.
0: If you start with two million bucks last year in ARR in October 2017, now it's a year later. Have that yeah. two million? Other customers that made up that two million, did they contract it all or expand? What What's the revenue retention?
1: Yeah, the revenue retention is uh, is running about 80. So, um, and what what we've found in the last year or so is that we've made a shift more from selling on premise licenses to selling uh, recurring revenue subscriptions. So that uh, was something that I once thought would be a very slow process, but that has increased quite dramatically, um, where our um, recurring revenue is running now about 75% of our total revenue.
0: Okay, so of your current 2 million in ARR, you're saying about 1.6, 1.7 is pure, like cloud SaaS, the rest is still old on-prem.
1: Yeah, cloud SaaS or recurring services, yeah.
0: Yeah, or like SLA agreements, maintenance contracts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, interesting. How many customers today?
1: Uh, we're running about 250 at the moment.
0: 250, okay, now we can obviously divide that into your ARR to kind of get an example and say each of these customers are paying, what, 600, 700 bucks per month?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't work quite divided that way because some are large, some are small, obviously. Yeah, it's an but, average. Um, uh, but yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, and and so, Chris, one other thing I want to talk to you about, because I think very few founder, founders look at the path that you've taken. Uh, they want to, they have very... I'm
1: not sure that's a good thing.
0: It is a good thing, I think, because... Okay. What most founders do is they're like me, they're like, they're maybe sometimes younger, they don't have a lot of patience, they want to go, 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 and they, you know, one out of 10 will actually maybe make money on an exit, especially venture backed, maybe three out of 10 will kind of make money for themselves in a bootstrap fashion, Uh, but even fewer think about going and buying up their investors and then setting up systems to make themselves wealth. Right, out of owning 100% of their company. So to no. the extent that you're comfortable being transparent and I hope you're really transparent because it's a great lesson, how do you build your own personal wealth from this thing you've worked so hard to build over 20, 30 years?
1: Yeah. So the first thing, of course, is that uh, if profit is not going into uh, the pockets of my investors, uh, it's going into my pockets. I mean, you know, when we bought back the company, I had to start thinking of myself as the investor, as opposed to being the vehicle for whatever other people wanted. Um, We were able to focus on making clients very happy, having clients be referensible every single time. Um, And that has turned into a, a reasonably profitable venture. I mean, when we're making uh you know 20 percent of profit I, I don't pocket it all but we can spend a little bit on on uh, growth and uh, you know i'm a little older so i take a little bit of a longer term view it was a very conscious decision to buy back the company um and uh and it came after you know what was previously a disappointment of oh that didn't turn out the way i wanted. but you, know, you have to take a deep breath and go okay is this still a viable business we believed in it the investors believed just in the uh, in the calculation of how soon can we exit so, um, so we were really at cross purposes, but, but, you know, you can continue to make steady, uh, steady profits and steady, uh, returns for yourself, uh, if you take the longer term. So Chris,
0: just to be clear on 2 million, if you're taking 20% to the bottom line, that's about 400 grand per year. You reinvest some of that, but you're saying it's totally easy and, and you've done it before to write yourself, called a hundred or $150,000 kind of annual check as a dividend or yeah, something like that. Indeed. That's yeah. great. Interesting. Um, do you do anything on a tax perspective to make sure that that doesn't get like taxed like hell?
1: Yeah. I don't take it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, and plus I have to watch things, uh, between Canada and the U S you know, I'm a a U.S. resident, I've got Canadian and U S taxes. So, um, you know, so I work with an accountant to make sure that, um, we don't just, you know, kind of write a check like that and then go, Oh, I, I owe a bunch of money in taxes for that. So there's, um, uh, you know, so yeah, there's a whole strategy behind doing that.
0: That's great. Okay. Very good. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh,
1: um, <laughs> uh caught me uh caught me off guard there. Uh favorite business book? Uh probably Sun Tzu, uh, Art of War.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Um, um there's not really. No. Number th- I mean I follow a whole lot of people, but no.
0: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides your own? LinkedIn. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Uh four to six. Okay, not bad. And situation married single kids? Uh, married and a uh, couple of stepsons and a and a daughter.
0: Well, okay, so three, four total. Three total. Three. And how old are you? I am sixty. Sixty. Last question: What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew?
1: Um, not to be uh, overconfident.
0: Guys, don't be overconfident. Founded <laughs> HMS Timesheet software on prem back in '84, three a couple years before I was born. Pretty incredible. Now 20 people, remote locations around the world, headquarters in Montreal, he's in Tampa today. Again, HMS is the tool. They've got 250 customers paying anywhere between 600 and 700 bucks per month, doing about 2 million bucks in ARR today. 75% of that revenue is true kind of cloud SaaS. The rest is old on-prem, you know, maintenance licenses, SLA agreements, things like that. Uh, growing organically now, added about 200 grand in ARR over the past 12 months. Uh, you know, scaling the nice way, Bought You know investors put in 2 million bucks. He bought them out at about 60 cents on the dollar many years ago. Ago, and now is building a great, profitable, healthy company year over year in the time tracking space. Chris, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: Thanks, Nathan.